What's up, everyone? Grace and peace to you. My name is Matthew Hernandez, and welcome to Reconciled Discussions, a podcast that glorifies God through the lives and stories of believers. Reconciled Discussions aims to give a platform for people in the Christian community to share their insight, expertise, testimony, or passions in a way that glorifies God and extends His kingdom. The door is open. The invitation is sent. I invite you to be a part of the show. If you have a unique topic, area of expertise, a working ministry, or specialized interest that you want to share with us, let us know. Shoot an email to reconcilediscussions at gmail.com. That's reconcilediscussions at gmail.com. We want to hear what God has set on your heart to share with the rest of the world. Today, we have an excellent show for you. I welcome a very special guest, singer, songwriter, and worship artist, Marcus Suazo. Marcos is co-director of Growth Track at New Life Outreach International and is currently working to complete his debut worship album. His encouraging lyrics, heartfelt melodies, and dedication to creating worship music has been an inspiration to those around him and the church. Today, he will discuss and offer his expertise on a topic that feels inexhaustible and is near and dear to my heart, songwriting. Marco Suazo, welcome to the show, buddy. Matthew Hernandez, thank you for having me. So I just want to, you know, thank you for coming all but the 12 steps to get here, man. Uh, those that don't know, he's my, he's my neighbor, so I know it was a long journey, so thanks for making it. It's all about the journey, man. Okay? That's what it's about. <laughs> it's about getting there. So I'm super excited to have this uh, show. I'm so excited to have you on because um, we get to talk about songwriting. And I mean, you're someone that totally is committed to songwriting. So I was like, Marcos is the guy. You got to get him on. Awesome. So how are you feeling about this topic, man? Uh, sky's the limit? Yeah, sky's the limit, man. Uh, this is something that's near and dear uh, to my heart, uh, writing songs. Amen. So... Let's start it off, Marcos. We talk about songwriting. We talk about um, constructing music and putting lyrics on a paper or, you know, in prayer time, developing in inspiration for songs. What After all all the, the logistics and the action, like, what are your goals? Like, what is your goal for songwriting or just making a worship song in general? Um, in speaking about uh, songs for worship in particular... Um, for me, I have one specific goal mm -hmm. as a songwriter, and that is to always um, give somebody one thought to take with them. Um, and that's hard. That, that that's pretty pretty hard at times. Try to whittle down, you know, a normal what, three minutes and twenty seconds mm -hmm. to give one thought. But the goal is to always give one thought because you want to, uh, for lack of better words, weaponize people uh, mm -hmm. for their battles. You know, not against flesh and blood, but against principalities against you know spirits and against the enemy and they can be weaponized with one thought um, to be able to fight their weekly battles so does quote-unquote one thought is that what is that one thought what is that one thought um and maybe it's not one thing but maybe it's a whole attitude maybe it's a whole understanding maybe it's a experience i don't know but i don't know what do you feel that one thought can you label it or I think the thoughts uh, vary per song. Mm -hmm. So I, mm -hmm. I'd like to, when I write a song, I'd like to find out what is this song trying to say? What's the, what is the overall message of this song? Mm -hmm. um, and that's, that's the part, especially in some of my songs. If that line is repeated over and over and over and over again, it's that that's the thought I'm trying to drive home to almost have a plant in someone's head. Right. Um, so they can, they can hear that and continue to sing, sing that um, so when the times uh, get harder than they should be for a person, they can uh, reach back into their brain and pull that line. You know, maybe your love made a way for me. Right. Um, something along along those lines to keep them going. Um, so they're weaponized uh, to fight uh, during the week or never. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's countless times where, you know, I'm going through my day and, you know, and I and it's always it's never the song that makes any sense for me. It's like you would think in a tough time, you know, 
you know, I'm, I'm singing a song about maybe victory or, you know, his name is victory, his name is victory. But I end up singing, you know, some curveball song like Look to the Sun, you know, which it, it fits, of course. Right, but right, those that right. know Look to the Sun, it's an upbeat, like, you know, it's it's doesn't carry the same weight. Or maybe I'm singing uh, something more more of a very specific song about, you know, just, um, you know, uh, I guess uh, overcoming like certain obstacles in, in faith or whatever. But I always find that I'm never... I I don't always go to the classics or 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 the like the ones that should right, be running right. through my head. I right. mean, do you ever find that happening? Yeah, um, for me, and I I, I get some of those weird songs. I I, I want to call them weird. But not, I know what you mean. Not the go-to songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of, one of those like Catch the Wind. Oh my goodness! Like we're in here before the show started. My wife was playing Catch the Wind, and we we're all listening to it, and now we're all singing it. You know, it's like. That's a song I'll find myself singing kind of out of nowhere. But it's like, ask me about Catching the Wind. I'm like, well, you know, maybe it's not exactly fitting to what I'm going through, but it's it's working for me right now. <laughs> you know what? And actually, and that song is actually pretty near and dear to my heart as well because especially as a songwriter, when you when you kind of weigh what, um, I think Melissa, Melissa, who wrote that? Melissa. Hessler. Hessler. I can never say her name. Hessler. Right. Yeah, yeah you got it. Hessler. Um she wrote that song about catching the wind. It's like a, a, a like an eagle flying and catching the wind lifts right. you up. Right. Um, and more more than that, that song specifically, the very first verse of that song, what she is proclaiming. You sing that in the morning. You're ready to punch somebody in the face <laughs> in the name of Jesus. You know, I'm bold and full of life. I'm steadfast, no compromise. Come on, right. man. Yeah. Uh, uh, something like that gets you really, really, really fired up. And it's got that nice little like sixteen like. Oh, super man. hot, like lo-fi, like like just little repeated uh, synthesizer, and it just I don't know, I'm, it gets me so pumped up. So there was one morning, so I I I take the train halfway to work and I walk the other half, mm-hmm. um, and I remember putting it on one day. I think I'm gonna say quote unquote by accident. You ran to work, <laughs> dude. <laughs> dude, I felt like I was on an episode of The Flash. Yeah. I, I threw it on repeat, and, and I was at work in no time. Nice. Um, and it is, and even the the bridge, the bridge is not. Like your typical bridge, uh, like well, the end of my own oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's like what are you saying right now? But I am strong. Yeah. Um, but when you oh, yeah, but yeah, when you yeah. sit down and you wait, what what's happening in that song? Um, you have no, you have no other response but to feel what she's saying, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you can tell um, that she didn't just pen those because she was looking for rhyming words. Right. She, she wrote those because possibly something she was going through or she wanted to encourage someone. Um, right, right, right. Probably herself. Yeah. Um, especially with the I Am. You know, that those kind of songs written like that are just songs you need to get you through. Um, and, I, and I appreciate that song in particular. Actually, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned it again. Now we heard it before. I'm going to listen to it after we leave here <laughs> and get it popping. Be- just because of... What that song, what that song brings to memory, mm-hmm. um, regardless of what you're going through, those she's singing foundational truths yeah. of a child of God, and it's just uh, magnificent. You said something just now. You said you could feel the, like kind of like how personal it is, and that she, Melissa Helsler, wrote this song. Like you have, you know, you could sense that there's this connection between her and the song, um, but at the same time the lyrics aren't what's going to rhyme with, you know, forever, you know, what's going to rhyme with grace, like quote, you know, those words, I'm saying vocabulary words. Right. So what do you feel is kind of the difference or pros and cons of a song from a songwriter who's probably pulling pages out of their diary or, you know, in prayer, they're writing songs or coming out of prayer, writing songs um, versus, and not to say I know how other people write songs, right. but versus someone that you know, you can really tell, like, um, maybe the song isn't so personal, and right. maybe it's more generally speaking, mm-hmm. and you could sense the the songwriting techniques that went into it weren't so uh, individual or experiential. Like, what, right. what what do you think? Pros and cons, ups and downs with that. There are there are ups and downs, and so here we recording this. We live in New York. Mm-hmm. There's a, a popular radio station that plays, you know, 
uh, Christian music, and there, there, um, there, uh, a lot of music that, 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 that's played there, you know, was written. Okay, All right. <laughs> Shots fired. No, I, I, no, no I, I got you. I, I got you. Um, let me just say, before we go any further, do I love all of Caleb's songs? Absolutely not. But have I grown to have this profound appreciation for their ministry? And do I like some of their songs? Yes. That's where, I'm, that's where I check out. There you go. That's Matt's disclaimer, guys. <laughs> Um, They're nationwide. Absolutely. Okay. Um, I'm so done with them. You can tell I'm done with them. You can tell a majority of their songs were written for radio. Right. Hands down. Yeah. Um, and the, and I say that understanding that there is a purpose for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a purpose for that. Um, for meeting people exactly where they are. Mm-hmm. For meeting people who have just been maybe flirting with Jesus and they and they're just you know messing around. Mm-hmm. And they just want to know more. As a matter of fact, here in the town we live in, yep. in the pizza shop, they play Caleb all the time. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if anyone in there is a believer, um, but I know that people get it, are in there are hearing, hearing songs. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other side of that, there are songs that have been specifically written for the church, mm-hmm. um, for people who want to uh, go deeper into who Jesus is, for people who want to be encouraged during the week, for people who want to who are trying to get out of a hole that they're in. Yeah. Um, for people who have been uh, struggling with depression, struggling with hurt, struggling with fear, struggling with brokenness. Right. And they need a way to stay connected to Jesus outside of a Sunday service. And it's those songs that, that are written uh, from that place, like that, um, uh, uh, the song we're talking about right now. Mm-hmm. Um, that song just begins to pull you out of whatever funk you're in. There's, right. there's, there's just no way you can hear those lyrics, sing that song, and not get out of whatever funk you're in. It's true. Just, just because it, it's just so awesome. Another song like that is Glorious Day by Kristen Stanfield. Hmm. Uh, you Call My Name and I Ran Out of That Grave. Are you oh, cr- that song. Yeah, are yeah, you yeah, crazy? Yeah. Passion, right? Pa- oh, yes. Um, that <laughs> song is another one where at one time I was driving on the highway, I just wanted to get out of the car and just start running. I just, it was just it's out of control, and you can't listen, you can't listen to that song on two volume. It's props, impossible. Props to my wife because she actually both of those songs have been played on massive Repeats. amounts of repeat. Oh, I know. Yeah, and again, <laughs> disclaimer: Marcos is my neighbor, so and so she picks the right songs. It's funny. I, now, now did did I give her? I came out of the grave or come out of that grave? Maybe, maybe. But she definitely found Catch the Wind. We're not looking for it. points right now, man. Okay. Right. Uh, amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But 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 <laughs> but songs songs like that. When you look at that, when you call my name and I ran out of that grave. Oh, come on. That when you when you sing that, I don't care if you're living in sin right there, you want to repent right there so, because you 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 are singing the goodness of Jesus Christ. And that's what song I think can I use the term good song? Yeah, good song, great songwriting does. Mm. It gives that person one thought that the one thing I need to get over the hump that I'm on right now. Right. And for me, and I know I'm bouncing all over the place, so forgive me. You know, in some, for, for our people, it comes to like legal documents, they say, make sure you read this before you sign it. You can't, don't, don't ever sign anything without reading it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I really, truly wish that before every worship service, before we sang everything, you gotta read the lyrics. You got you have to read the lyrics. Like okay, you're saying read them. Yes. In order to understand what you're singing. Uh huh. Because I I I think. Well, I think, there, there, now that might be fine. You understand it, right? Who said it? It was a comedian, a Christian comedian. He said, uh, "Christians don't lie; they sing them." No, it was Paul Washer. <laughs> it was it was actually Paul Washer. He said. Who's not a comedian, by the way. Yeah, totally scratch that. He's a very, very convicting uh, pastor. He said, Christians don't lie, they sing them. So you get somebody that reads it, but okay, you know, I'm okay with it. But do you truly, truly believe or truly um, agree with what you're saying, you know? So, and and I'm glad you brought that up. That's a good question, man. So whether at the point I truly believe what I sing what I'm singing I think I'm a little more cognizant of the words that are coming out of my mouth right when I sit down and I I read them and this is probably a little crazy it's it's me being crazy Mm -hmm. but I wish that we could I wish that we could read lyrics 
before we sang them. Mm-hmm. To understand, because I can almost guarantee you, um, same way you read, you read a document before you sign it, you're like, hold on, I can't do that. So mm. let me not sign that until I'm ready to sign that. Or I need, I need to make sure, I need to make sure I'm doing that. Right. When it comes to singing, um, um, it, it's funny. We sing a song about lifting our hands and our hands in our pockets. Right. Like, that's like right. totally. That's like wicked crazy. Um, <laughs> it would be great if we really took stock in the words that we're saying yeah. or singing in the presence of God. Um, you know, in the book of Ecclesiastes, it's a real sobering verse. I got to think about it right now where it is, um, where uh, it, it says, when you make a promise to God, be careful about mm-hmm. opening your mouth and making a promise to God. And he, he goes on to say, because God takes no delight in fools who right. say things and don't do what they uh, what they what they, what they say they're gonna do, right? And I'm a little dramatic to believe that that also applies to what we sing. Yeah, we sing. I give you my whole life, and then we don't give our whole life. It's you. You, you said you're gonna do it. Now I may be being a little extreme, but that's something that that I kind of believe in. You know, when um, Jesus Jesus culture first started, mm-hmm. one of the first things Kim Walker said when she first started, mm-hmm. she mm-hmm. said, "I will no, I will never sing a song that I don't believe." From A to Z, right? If there's a part in the chorus I don't believe, I'm not singing it. And that was, really, I was that was really radical at the time, right? Right. And I'm not I'm not sure where she is right now in that position, right? But at that time, I was like, wow, you know, that is really a magnificent stance because you're taking stock in what you're saying or singing before God, and that everything I'm saying, I'm saying or I'm singing, I need to mean what I'm singing, right? Um, and and so I'm not sure if I answered the question you asked ten minutes ago, but um, I think. I think you went, you know, above and beyond, man. And I think I like the topic we're on right now. You just said, you think you might be be a little extreme to think, you know, not only should we say what we mean in re- reference to Ecclesiastes, but we should sing what we mean. Um, and that, I kind of want to transition into that question about, earlier we were talking about, uh, before we started the show, we kind of had some side conversation talking about the commands on our lives. There's lots of commands, right? There's a lot of thou shalt, thou shalt not, right? Those are there. But throughout the Bible, outside of the Mosaic law, there's tons and tons of things that God commands on our life. So when I, you know, I looked at my Bible and for an example, like Psalm 105 verse 2 says, sing to him, sing praise to him, tell of all his wonderful acts. So when I read that, first of all, I'm being commanded to sing to God. Mm-hmm. I'm being commanded to praise Him, mm-hmm. and then tell people the truth about God mm-hmm. and what He's done, that is amazing and wonderful and totally awesome. So, I'm right there with you to think we should be really considering what we're singing because it is not a song. It is not just a song that begins and ends when the music starts and the music ends. Right. It's a declaration of love. It's a it's a it's a cry for help. Sometimes, sometimes it's a it's a total exclamation point of just your life or what God has done in your life, and there, there it's truth that should be coming out of especially right. these worship songs. Right. Um, you're absolutely right, and I, and I I really am of the belief. Again, sorry to harp on it. I think if we took better stock mm-hmm. in the words we sang, either we sing less or we change more. Either we sing less or change more. Sorry, folks. I have to run it down in my brain so I could figure out. Yeah, okay. I could. Um, I could agree to that. Because it's like it's like a legal document, you know. Right. You read it. Oh no, I can't do that. No, wait, whoa, whoa, wait. No, I'm not. I can't do that. Right. Um, right. And it 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 sounds dramatic, and and, and I, I'm I guess I'm a little dramatic, but I I think we need to get back to a place where our we were we are people of our words. Yeah. Sp- spoken or sung. That's true. Um, and if we were more cognizant of that, um. Our lives would be a lot different. I mean, I don't run around telling every girl I love her, right? I, because that's that's just, just my love, my wife, and that's it, right? Um, and I, I'm going to say that only to her, 
Mm-hmm. Now I wouldn't use that whimsically with anyone else, right? In any kind of any kind of, any kind of speech, um, yeah. and I, I think I think we just we, we we sing songs because they're quote unquote cool, mm-hmm. um, but I really think, especially as as a church, mm-hmm. we should get back to the place where, and the end of the the big church, all of us, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. to where we're, we're actually singing what we believe and living what we're singing. And not being duplicitous in, in, in that at all. And not to be too... Because it's like, I'm always a fan of like things that are hard. Like, yep. I'm a fan of going for it. But even in this case, I would say... And that's not to say if you're not living by these things or if you're not completely uh, uh, understanding how to live mm-hmm. by these things then you shouldn't sing the song, right? That's not what we're, that's not what I'm saying, and I'm sure that's not no. what you're saying. However, you know, there, as any Christian walk, as any walk of a believer, it's, it's going to be sanctified. It's going to be a slow process of refining and pruning and sanctification and holiness that is being bestowed on your life little by little, and things are growing and things are changing. So, I mean, if, at one point, you can't say I'm no longer a slave to fear because you still are. That doesn't mean that disqualifies a person from singing the song. It just means really think about it. And you can believe that. You know, you could bank your, your bottom dollar that it's true. And if you truly believe it, you know, there, there will come a time when you can break those chains of fear of whatever you're going through or fear of this and that. You know, you could get there, right? So I, I think it's just... You know, not to say if you're not there, you can't do it, but also to know, you know, that's something to work up to or something to to step into eventually. You know, agreed. And that's why I said we would we would sing less or change more. Oh yeah, the second yeah. part. Of, yeah, so that was a perfectly definitive so, statement. Good so job, I would say I would say um, as I'm as I'm taking stock of what I'm singing, I need to make sure. Oh man, okay, am I really uh, uh, no longer a slave to fear? What what else am I in my life that? Right, been holding me back. Let me change that. Let me change that and continue continuously look at ourselves, right, and weigh ourselves. But we're what we're confessing. That's what we're doing. We're confessing with mm-hmm. along with music. Along with music, we're confessing, right, um, the things that are in our heart, uh, and and that's for me. That that's really important. I think um, it would help. It would help a lot. Help us. Help us all a great deal if we took stock in what we sang, mm. and 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 and. And and live to change either change uh, what we're doing to fit what we're going to sing, mm-hmm. um, to make sure that we're living uh, the way God wants us to live. Amen. So that being said, and you being a songwriter, Ooh. and 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 you having to not having to, but you deciding to and gratefully answering the call to do so, make songs and write lyrics and have congregations sing them. Is there an added pressure to your songwriting? Is there an added um, sense of responsibility? Um, is there like times when you're maybe not writing what you want to write because you're not sure that you know maybe everybody would agree or something weird like that, or maybe not everybody would be on board with it, or vice versa? You find yourself writing, you know, awesome lyrics because you know that. The hearts of people are going to be like so open to this. For me, and I think you use the right word, the responsibility to write songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I have I haven't been at the point where millions have sung my song or any song that I've written. I've been in a place where a few folks have have sung songs that I've written, um, and I do feel that responsibility mm-hmm. to make sure that when I'm writing or composing. I'm doing so because it's something that God gave me to write. Mm-hmm. It's not something that I feel I, I have to meet a quota. And that's why I'm glad that I'm not any part of any label or any kind of place where there's pressure to create music. Right. Right now, the responsibility is only to myself and to God mm-hmm. and to write what he says to write. Um, and there is a responsibility, again, for me to, to put words inside people's mouths. Mm-hmm. That they sing and they confess. Um, for me, I'm really big on writing songs that go hand in hand with the Bible. Yeah. If I think you're probably the only person here in this podcast besides my wife and who's heard a lot of my songs. Right, right, right. Yeah. 
And for me, <clears throat> if we were to look at my songs, 85% of them, the tag of the, of the song mm-hmm. is a scripture in some form. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, definitely. And I do that specifically because it's the last part of the song, last thing people sing. Yeah. And it's probably the easiest thing to remember because, again, my goal is to weaponize people, people with one thought. And if that thought happens to lead them back to the Bible, it's gravy. And I feel that responsibility to put those words into people's mouths and into their hearts so that it plants inside of them. And they don't even know they're, they're learning the word, they're right. learning the Bible. Right. Um, and it's going to change them eventually because the word, like Jesus said, will never return void. That word that is set out, it's not going to return void. It's going to right. plant inside them. And it's going to grow at some point if they take it and plant it deep inside their heart. Yeah. No, that's absolutely, I think, well said, well stated. Do you ever think, and we don't have to be on this, you don't have to stay on this topic too much longer, but do you feel that that responsibility sometimes might take away from maybe maybe that that maybe that pressure of that responsibility could take away from what the song was supposed to be or do you think it usually fits in like no this feels good no it, it, for me it usually uh, fits in because yeah. I, don't, I don't have all the time in the world so i know when inspiration comes it came for a reason yeah yeah, yeah. um and i do my best to, to capture it uh albeit by crazy different methods. But I make sure I capture it. Uh, to- oh, 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 hold on. I think you just opened up a nice envelope right there. Can you give me a crazy, off the wall, or whatever, however you want to put it, a moment of inspiration? I didn't mean to cut you off, so no. uh, we'll put a pin in this one. I want to know about some funny stories or uh, interesting moments of inspiration. Um, we could just dish the last question if you want. No, but no, it- sure. So, <laughs> so for me, uh, to the benefit of Everyone in my household, I get inspired when I'm washing dishes. Don't know Ooh. why. Washing dishes and ironing. I don't know why. Mm. It just—I have no idea why those two particular um, uh, uh, duties happen to bring inspiration. Yeah, I'm a person who I have a voice recorder everywhere in my mm. house and in my car, everywhere. And thank you to the good people at Evernote. Uh, who just make recording voice notes so amazing. Yeah. Uh, you record in one place and it's everywhere. Mm. Um, and I record everything, everything. Um, I have re- I have an old iPhone on the side of my bed. Um, and I, it drives my wife crazy. If I get, if, if I get up in the morning, as soon as I get up, I get a melody. I'll, I'll sing into that uh, to Evernote or to another app called Music Memo, another fantastic app. Um, I think you showed me that when you could like throw keys on it. No, or... you, so Music Memo, mm-hmm. uh, an Apple app, of course. Yeah. Sorry, you Samsung users. <laughs> I'm so praying for you. Um, you sing into this me- memo app. Yeah. And it knows what keys you're singing in. That's what it was, yeah. And it shows you what key you're in. Um, and if you happen to be singing well enough, you can press the bass and it'll play a bass line for you. Okay. And if you happen to be pl- singing at the same tempo, It'll throw a drum line in there as well. So if you if you're happen to be, you know, operating in the spirit in your own key, you can get a flesh out a whole song with it <laughs> and it records it for you there and, and it's good. Um, but for me it's having the ability to capture the inspiration whenever it comes. Um, there could be times that my wife knows. I go, if I'm driving and I go, hmm. She knows. She takes out her phone and she goes, "Okay, what am I texting you?" And I can be like, "Say like, text me a rhinoceros yeah. and Psalms, you know, seventy six verse five. And I don't know what that means at the time, but I capture that. I capture that and right. I throw it into Evernote again. Mm. And my Evernote is filled like with six hundred ideas um, that I'll take a trip every once in a while. I'll take a trip back into Evernote and just yeah. cycle through stuff. But I'm always keen in catching inspiration when it comes. Mm. I believe I believe in the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit works. Yeah. And it doesn't prompt you for no reason. Right. It prompts you for a specific reason. And that, that song may not be for this week. Right. That song may be for years from now. Yeah. But I know that I gotta catch that inspiration when it when it when it, it's sent to me. You know, I think my wife is gonna hear this podcast, so I'll just come out right now. <laughs> the song I made um 
It's called The Sun, S-O-N, and The Sun, S-U-N. Uh-huh. I wrote that song driving home from Florida on I-95. Straight up and down with a voice note. I just I recorded it. Everyone was sleeping, of course. Yeah. And I had the, the phone on the, on the dash. And I had the voice note. I, re- I sing a verse, record it, listen to it back. <laughs> and between, somewhere between South Carolina and Georgia, I, the song was finished. Um, and I couldn't, I, I couldn't write, you know, write, write it down like I wanted to write it down. So right, right. some of the lyrics um, were changed and everything, but I had to catch inspiration when it was, when it was given to me. I'm not, I, don't know, I don't know God didn't want me to crash. Right, right. Um, right. But I, I had to capture it because I didn't want to yeah. lose it. Um, and ironically enough, you know, one day while coming home from work, I was feeling really, really um, discouraged mm-hmm. about a situation. Um, and for me, I turned to music sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I could not find a song mm. that spoke to the way I was feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't. I mean, literally. And I went through all of Amazon, everything they got, <laughs> and nothing in there uh, was kicking. Right. Until I went to the song that I recorded. Um, um, and it, it really, really, um, that song, The Sun and the Sun, really ministered uh, to my heart about uh, discouragement and seeing God's goodness uh, through that um, discouragement. I think the verse goes, even, uh, even when the storm winds are raging, you're my comfort. I, I, I can't remember what it was, what the lyrics are right now. Yeah. But I remember that morning walking from work and I was, I was feeling so discouraged. The afternoon, walking from work and I couldn't find a song, bro. I was tight. And it was the song you wrote and on I-95. <laughs> now, that song may never make it anywhere outside of in my phone. But um, it had its purpose. But, but it, ha- it had its purpose. Right. Now, it may, some, I may get hit by a bus. Samantha, my daughter, might hear it. She might record it and it might mean something then. Yeah. And I, I don't know that. Right. But I know that I need to catch the inspiration when it comes. Yeah. Um, and do something with it. And I, I, I knew at that point that the inspiration that God gave me was for, was to encourage, and I know that I couldn't I couldn't keep it to myself, right? Which led me down a whole other weary and and and, and wild wild path, right, right, right. Um, that I'm still navigating right now, but I I know that I have to catch inspiration when it comes. Hearing you talk about capturing inspiration is inspiring. I'm actually very inspired to hear that. I can't think. Uh, how many times songs have come to my head and I've and as while you have 600 notes I think I have 10 you know and I think those moments have passed and I haven't captured a lot of them so I think um, that's inspiring to hear that just to know that there's a purpose for those lyrics there's a purpose for that melody and bringing in those two melody and lyrics right Mm -hmm. we talked a lot about lyrics already Let's talk about structure, not structure of song, but the song itself, gotcha, like gotcha. the music. Mm-hmm. What, what are your take? What's your take on? I don't want. I don't want to ask the silly question. Which is more important? Because that's just kind of Chicken out of the there, egg, right. right? But let's talk a little bit about the construction of the song, the the melodies, the chord progressions. What? How important are those to? accompany the lyrics or to have a, a nice bed for the lyrics to lay in? I think they, they are extremely important and I think they walk hand in hand because it's a part of the package. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom, used to, is a, she's an expert gift wrapper. <laughs> she's, she's working Sears, man. Um, and I used to hate when she used to wrap things, gifts. Yeah. Here, look at me complaining about gifts. <laughs> She would wrap gifts like so, like, Scrooge. like, like, you know, right? <laughs> Typical Marcos. Um, she would wrap gifts in this, this crazy way. Like, you, you needed like a key and a knife and explosive yeah. to get into this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think in the same way, this, the music is this, this package and it has to be delivered. Um, and the, the song for me needs to be um, simple enough to be ingested. Mm. You know, Chris Tomlin had the, the best quote of all. The, 
I think at one time he was getting criticized, mm -hmm. and the man just turned around and said, all I need is three chords and the truth. <laughs> all I need is three chords and the truth. That's all I need. It needs to be in like a flag somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's magnificent. So for me, um, and I, I know that my songs can get pretty repetitive when it comes to chord progressions. You know, I'm your <clears throat> unofficial, official bass player, and oh, no, I will say that is absolutely not true. You're official. Bro. Okay. That's absolutely not true, all right? I don't know what repetitiveness you're talking about. Yes, repetition is there, man. It's just written so well, you can't recognize it. Can't tell it. it. <laughs> I um, can't tell. It feels new every time, man. Um, but for me, it has to be um, simple enough to be, um, to be opened, to be taken in. If it's too complicated, um, in my opinion, mm -hmm. again, there's a place for complicated music. Yeah, yeah. For me, I don't, I don't, I don't have that gift. Number one, and number <laughs> two, I don't, I don't want to wow people that much musically that they get thrown off by the lyrics. Now I gotta put you on the spot. Do you think? No, I gotta put you on the spot. All right, because you're. Okay, okay, all right. Let's oh, just backtrack right, a few right. steps. So, not only is he a songwriter, but he also is one of our drummers at New Life Worship, or right. New Life Worship, New Life uh, Outreach International, right? And by one of the drummers, what I, meant, what I mean by that is the best drummer, right? And that's just, those are just the facts. So, but the thing you do that I definitely, and, and I'm the part-time drummer, Things that you do that I definitely can't do is take the song to the next level via complicated 32, 16 beats and rhythms and off beats and, and the Now, I'm just putting you on the spot. Do you think, brother? Because everybody gets to that next level. You know, if they're in the worship or they're worshiping at the church and they're, they're getting into it, everybody gets into that next level because they're hearing this sound that is just... It's amazing. It's, you know, it's mind blowing, and a lot of that stems from when you're behind the kit, man. So, how do you, Marco's sitting in my kitchen right now, face Marco's as behind the set, hitting those those funky beats? How do you how do you how do you defend yourself? So, so, <laughs> so there are definitely two hats, definitely two hats. Um, as a songwriter, my thing is to put things in the simplest package to be ingested hmm. um, now I put that in the package and you give that to someone to sing it's their job then to tailor make that to the folks that they're delivering that to God. where we are at church we're we are a monkish bunch mm -hmm. um, and there's a, a certain je ne sais quoi that's required right, right, um, right. and it's not level of, of trying to hype it up um just that, that we respond to. The Bronx, yeah. New York, we respond to uh, music that's a little bit too loud. You know, we, we, we're looking for tinnitus. <laughs> we, we are the home of tinnitus, the Bronx, right? We're going to um, start a ministry for hearing aids. But no, healing ministry for the ears. Um, and so that's required. There. If I was at the church I grew up in, I, I wouldn't be playing that. I'd be playing a different kind of uh, maybe, uh, for lack of a better word, the shouting music. I, I'd be playing that because... Mm. That's how uh, music is ingested there. Yeah. If I was playing uh, uh, somewhere else, and I only had okay, so we had a men's conference, right? And I it was, was only say that's a good example. We, we only had the guitar, yeah. the bass player. All I had was the kick drum, the snare, and the hi hat. Yeah. And I, we, were, we were in a gym, yeah. so I, so I couldn't do all the syncopated stuff because yeah. number one is men, and they don't they don't they don't particularly care for all that by themselves. <laughs> right, right, um, right, right, right. So it was, it was no need for that at that time. Right. Um, so as a musician, as my, I feel as a musician, as a drummer, you know, playing drums is my, that's my, that's my first love. Mm -hmm. It's my job to see what, what God wants to be done in this moment. And sometimes playing loud, sometimes it's not playing at all. Sometimes it's playing the hi-hat. Mm -hmm. um, and and, I, and I'll, I'll do both. Right. But it's, it's still my job to, to see what God is doing and to respond to that. Um, and, and, and doing the complicated things sometimes, sometimes that's me mm -hmm. looking at the back row 
and seeing that somebody just sitting there like, uh, you know, like maybe they had a long week and they, and they got they got somebody dragged them here and they don't want to be here. And not and I can see that maybe they're looking at at me, and I, I'll play so, so they can stand up and they can yeah. start to so. For me, as a worship leader, whether I'm worshiping from the drums, or the or guitar, or bass, whatever, it's my job to make sure that the person in the front row, yeah, and the back row are just as connected, yeah, um, because they they they, they deserve they we're all here together, so let, let's all get connected together, right? Um, and scanning and making sure that, that that's happening. By the way, that speaks to your comfort behind the set, because I've literally seen you fix a projector while playing. A entire song so not not to down talk you or anything i'm saying you you have the ability to monitor the room in a good way like you know that's that's a that's an awesome uh attribute to have to be able to rock your instrument worship the lord but still be totally aware of your surroundings and be able to like you know i don't want to say come in and out but like be able to do what you have to do if somebody you could tell you know um is going to benefit from a certain uh uplifting to the song like that's that's really quality man because as a musician myself too sometimes it's it's the worst thing to just get stuck in your instrument you know and not the whole vertical worship versus horizontal worship you know type of thing so that's awesome man kudos to you so so right now so even here you say that in talking just shifting from songwriting to worship leading real quick before we go back to songwriting yeah because I've I've led worship before, mm -hmm. um, worship leading is probably the third hardest job on the planet. Mm. First, probably first probably the president of the United States. Second, just, second is probably skip over that. No, <laughs> that's, that's first the hardest job. Second hardest <laughs> job is being married to me, um, <laughs> and the third is being a worship leader. Being a worship leader, I if I could kind of get any comparison to for a worship leader. Mm -hmm. A worship leader is like being a parent in a car <laughs> during rush hour, and you have your kids in the back, and you have to feed them. You have to worry about the traffic ahead of you. You have to worry about the two kids in the back fighting. You have to worry about getting to this highway before the traffic comes. Right. It's, it's factoring all those things in to making sure you're doing it effectively. Wow. Now, I'm not telling people to feed their kids in the back seat by themselves and get tickets <laughs> and St. Marcos so you do it. Right. But just that mindset of I have to make sure that everything yeah. is being taken care of. I can't stop and focus on one specific thing. Yeah. And that's my responsibility. I have to, I have to look at what the senior pastor is doing. I have to look at, again, right. for me, that first person in the front row and the last person in the back row, they're just as important. Right. The guy who you, the guy who you know does not want to be there. Mm-hmm. Whose, whose wife asked him 17 times to come to church and he finally came yeah. just so she can be quiet. <laughs> right, it's my, right. it's, I feel it's my job to connect with the person who's on fire for God, who's, who's in church before it opens, and the person in the back doesn't want to be there. It's my job to do that because statistics show a person will determine whether they're coming back to church within 20 minutes of them being in the building, mm. which means I only have 20 minutes to, if I, if I believe those numbers. Yeah. Um, I have 20 minutes to get this person attention and get their affection focused on Jesus Christ. Right. And I'll do anything short of sin to make sure that person gets their affection turned on to Jesus Christ. Um, and so that, 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 that's my little tidbit there about worship leading. That's like a, a really good, I think for those that are listening that are part of a worship team or part of a worship uh, organization, whatever, you know, a worship group, I think that's an important um, statement because, you know, we're called to to perfect our craft or we're called to, you know, constantly work at our craft and come prepared. And we're doing those things first and foremost to honor God Amen. and to glorify Him, Amen. right? That's like numero uno, right? But just hearing that, and, and it's funny because one of the leaders from our worship um actually all actually most of the time not let me, let me say that all of our worship leaders at our church when they feel that the musicians are making their job easier when they feel that hey these guys really know the whole song hey i really know when verse three is coming 
hey, I really felt like that was just going to be a four-count little pause, and I had no trouble stepping back in. They are so grateful, like, for that ease and that pressure that's been uplifted off them. So I was, again, for the second, more than two times, but now I'm even more inspired hearing, have you, having heard you say that, because um, it does go a long way. And those are the moments I remember just the worship leader being like, you know, I just felt free. I just felt, like, comfortable. I didn't feel like I was worrying about a lot. And it just goes so far. Yeah, so for me as a musician, for me as a musician, I want to, I want to, I have to support what's going on. Yeah. Um, Because, particularly the drums, it's not the drumming, tell my hand the drummer's going to save them. Mm-hmm. It's hearing what's being sung, singing what's being sung, changing my life to what's being sung, and and, and making sure that I'm and, and then in then after that singing out it's gonna change them. Right. So I have to support the worship leader. So mm-hmm. so and, and that's why that's important. Um because specifically and specifically in worship, there's one go, there's one goal in worship. One goal. Mm. Um that's and that's to, to, to ascribe worth to Jesus Christ by singing. Mm. A worship a time of worship, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And Jared Anderson, the very brilliant Jared Anderson, um, made this comparison, and it's the best comparison ever. Mm-hmm. You're probably gonna faint after you hear it. <laughs> Are you probably? I probably told you already. Jared Anderson said, "Worship, singing worship music, is like singing the song Happy Birthday." Okay, I don't think I've heard this. Okay, you, 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 I'm right now. I'm really excited. Okay, so he says never in the history of this song do you sing this song and they say oh man you hear how I sung that you hear how, how I sung that song the song you sing is all about the person you're singing it to uh-huh. and as soon as you're finished singing the song we still focus on the person that we sung it to there's and, and that there, is good. there's no I've never heard another analogy like that one wow. and we need to when it comes to, to worship and songwriting uh, have the happy birthday mentality that we're That's singing. Good. We're, we're singing to someone, and it's it's never about me as the singer. Mm-hmm. It's all about the person I'm singing to. It's all about us directing our attention to one person. It's all right. about making sure that this person is getting at this point the shine or the attention. Right. And after it's still about that person. It's never. It doesn't. No one says, "Did you hear how I hit that B flat in the end?" I threw that seven chord in there. No one. Real flat. No one. No, no, <laughs> nobody. Nobody does that because it's all about who we're singing to, and that's the importance of, of worship uh, and songwriting. I believe. I am glad you shared that on this podcast. I I have not heard that, and um, yeah, that, that's that, so awesome because obviously everyone can relate to that illustration because it's just like. Well, everyone's saying happy birthday at some point, and and it's so true. You're just you're there for the person. You right. know, you're you're just your attention. You're you're trying to sing your affection. Right. Like you're trying to sing your love for that person. Uh, you're all doing. But you know what's funny in in happy birthday, right? No, no, no I'm just gonna dissect this whole thing. Do now. it, brother. It's funny because there's like those. You get everybody in a room. You know, you have a birthday party of fifty people. And you get to the to the to the name, and everybody's like, "Happy birthday, Matthew," or whatever, you know. And but that what th- there's like a select few that really know that person, wow. and they're like Matteo or little dude. But nobody else is saying little dude or Matteo. They're all saying Matthew because that's what they know. My name is Matthew. But then like your mother is like, "No, no, 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 no. I don't call him Matthew." Isn't that so right, fitting right. to worship right, too? Right. Because I mean, you know, when you when you write in these songs, we could be talking about Abba, you know, Abba Father, like calling him Daddy, mm. and we can bring in things about just being, you know, the Son of Man and what that means to us, and you know, just just having those more personal um, names, and you know, you talk about uh, uh, God with us, Emmanuel. You could have a whole song named Emmanuel, and you know, it's special, right? It's very special, yeah. and it's so cool. So earlier you said uh, drums were your first love. Mm-hmm. Now, I prompted you, and I wanted to know, how did you fall in love with the drums? I fell in love with the drums 
because it was a way to make noise. <laughs> um, That's good. Um, so I grew up in a Pentecostal church, mm-hmm. uh, typical, uh, typically African American church, mm. and just like most Pentecostals do, we're in um, at sunrise and out <laughs> after sunset is gone for seven hours. Right. So Sunday morning, you get you get there Sunday morning. You don't leave till Tuesday, and so I would always get in and sit sit by the drum set. Yeah. Uh, and and watch. A guy, uh, Taj Brandon, good guy. Uh, By the way, if your first name is Taj, you're gonna be an excellent musician. The dude, first, <laughs> the, the, the dude was amazing, um, and I would sit there and I I I watch him play and mm-hmm. on Sunday mornings and um, one Sunday night he couldn't he he didn't come he didn't show up, and so they're all they about to start, they get the books out and they're like, bro, we we got to start. I think I'm maybe. 11, 11, maybe. 11, probably 11. Yeah. And I get on, I don't know what I'm doing. I probably sound like a hot mess. Right, right, right. And a garbage can. And <laughs> and and from there, I, I, it was history. I mean, wow. I would, my mom was in the choir, so I would be there for choir rehearsals. I'd be there all the time. And anytime there was an open space in church, I'd, I'd just go on the drums. Um, and it was it was something that it's something I knew I was, I was, I was, I was born for. I was made for that. Wow. Uh, it was. I knew I was made to play the drums. Um, and it was, it was. It was just. It was just big for me. And um, you know, there was a time in my life where, you know, I wasn't. I. I didn't. I didn't do what was, what was right. Um, so right now in, in new life, mm-hmm. we have this 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 whole thing where we, you get to understand what your gifting is and right. how you're gifted and. And you're able to, to use that to serve God the way God wants you to serve Him. Right. Uh, for me back then, I didn't. I, I I knew I had a gift, but I I, I would manipulate and I would mm. play songs from the world mm-hmm. uh, during the me and, and a good friend. Mm-hmm. Um, a good friend. Yep, Nigel. It's a good friend. Oh Nigel. man, <laughs> Nigel. Uh, to this day, man, we joke about about uh, back in the days, and we used to play stuff from the world in church. And, and not, they wouldn't even know. And nobody, nobody, yeah, so people would know. They actually they didn't know, but they knew, because um, I knew that anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, yeah. but they knew, and we we would just have a complete ball. Yeah. Um, and for me particular, particularly, I knew how to manipulate a service. Mm. Um, and it's particularly in those uh, in those kind of churches, you play a specific beat, and you just knew what to, you knew was going to happen. I, I I knew if the choir was singing too long, I knew how to stop them. If pastor was preaching too long, I don't know how to stop him. Um, and it was it was it was it was bad because I had this this manipulative kind of mm. not knowing that it was um, it was a kind of a charisma that God gave kind of God gave me to be discerning to know His people mm. to act in a positive way. For me, I would use it as a conniving way to manipulate people at right, the time. Right. And I know I don't know that that, that is totally different. Um, but so I got on the drums, um, and I, and I, I used to go crazy. I used to play loud, loud and loud. And I remember the old folks used to kill me every Sunday <laughs> afterwards, every Sunday. Um, and I remember that there was one lady, her name is June Gordon, choir director. Your memory of names is outstanding. I give kudos to you. I man. have a, a lot of useless information in my head. <laughs> June Gordon, uh, her name at the time was June Ascent. She was a choir director, man. Mm-hmm. And she, not by words, but by action and example, she empowered me to be the craziest drummer I could mm. because she... Is that crazy, like good? Crazy good. Oh, okay. Crazy okay, good. good. Yeah. Symbols when I didn't need them. Go ahead, Papa. Go yeah. ahead. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> go ahead. You don't, yeah, you don't need that crash right now, but go ahead, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she let me know that that was me worshiping God. Mm. And that was that's the gift that God gave me to worship Him, and when the people on the f- second and third bench would look at me with the stink eye, <laughs> she would look at me and not at me, and as in keep going. Um, and it, that that really empowered me uh, to continue to learn what I was doing and to hone that craft. Right. Back then, not 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 necessarily the right way. Yeah. Um, but in a way, moving towards God, I wanted to move towards God. Yeah. And drumming just became um, a, a, a just something that was natural, and I could just 
I could do it in my sleep. Mm. Um, I, just, I just I hear things differently. Mm. Um, it's the way, the way God made my brain. It's really 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 wild. Um, but it, but it, it's it's so cool and it, it's still my first love to this day. That's um, awesome. Getting man. behind the kit. That's awesome. So outside of Taj, who else were your who else would you say are your early influences? They don't have to be personal. Maybe they are personal, or maybe they're impersonal. You know, people you never met. Absolutely. There is, from a drumming perspective. Sure. Yeah. A guy named Ezra Henry. Okay. Ezra. Number number two. If you can't come with the name Taj, Ezra, you're also going to be an excellent musician. Ezra Henry, uh-huh. to this day, is the greatest drummer I've ever heard in my entire life. Okay, should I know who he is? Or you, is this, I you, probably will never... You probably, you, you, I, I probably will find a video of him. No, but he's a recording artist. He's not no, like... no, he's not a recording artist. Oh, okay. He Was played, he from your church? So my church, we had church in, in the Bronx, Queens, yeah. and in Brooklyn, all over. All over. Yeah. So he, he went to our Brooklyn church. <laughs> and you know, Matt, the guy, <laughs> the guy, even right now I'm getting goosebumps because the guy is that good. And what made him so good is he was disciplined. Mm. Like when I play... I sweat. I mean, I'm sweating from the intro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the the hi-hat, I'm sweating. Um, Ezra was a pocket, a pocket, just hi-hat snare. I mean, and the the, the guy was like a robot. You would think it was a drum machine. And I'm I'm a fan of people who can but don't. Mm. But when they do, it gets done. Watch out. And (laughs) he, he he would do it. Yeah, in in such a professional way, and at the time he was so young, I hadn't, I hadn't, I didn't, I I, I loved it, but I didn't have the appreciation I have for it right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I yeah. really wish I could, I could get a time machine and go back and just watch him again. Right. To just really appreciate that discipline, and he's since stopped playing. He became a pastor. Mm-hmm. But I think two a week ago, a mutual friend of ours, mm-hmm. he he played for something. Uh, some, some uh, coffee house thing. Yeah. And the guy, like a thirty second clip, and the guy was just as good. <laughs> oh, oh, he, oh, wow. Yeah, a friend of ours posted that he. Was I thought. Oh, he, I thought you the friend. Oh, it was actually Ezra. Yeah, and the guy was just as good. And oh. all he had was a hi hat, a kick, and a snare. And the guy sounded like he was on a thirty two piece set. Wow. Because the guy was just that good. That's so from awesome, a jumping perspective, it's Ezra. From- Dude, but before you s- switch on to the next artist, I just got to say a lot of that too, I think is like you said, discipline and humility, you know, like that just goes through life in general. Like how much do we love like people that could, but don't, right. but when they do, right. Like that's like our, you know, right. who doesn't love that? Right, 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 right. And so I, I just find that to be. I've been on a big humility kick lately in, in a good way, studying a lot about it. And that was just the first thing that came to mind, too, is that you got to be humble to right. deliver that way. Right. So from drumming, uh-huh. it, it was him. The, the next one is weird when it comes to music is my mom. Mm. So at home, life wasn't, wasn't the best. Mm. It wasn't the best at all. But the, I mean, and my story isn't... isn't um, Unique. Everyone has trial and tribulation. I always remember my mom singing and humming. Mm. Um, and regardless of the situation, she would sing and she would hum. Yeah. And it was it was almost like this transformative thing. Yeah. And I, I know that's where I really began to understand the power of of what music and at that time worship music, because my mom is one who would sing one song over. And over and over again, yeah, and I mean over and over again. Right. To some point, it would be annoying, but now looking back, understanding she was probably calming herself, or right. she was probably trying to deal with what was going on at home, and it was, it was, it was. I see it now. Understand what she was doing mm-hmm. and the importance of it all. And and those three people, June, Ez, uh, and my mom, growing up, just really just a. Uh, 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 Put in me that I knew that I was meant to be a a worshiper and right. understood the the power of music. Wow! So I like that you went all three because I gave you that I was like personal, impersonal. I like your three, man. I love your three. Man. That's so awesome. 
And you know what, Marcos? Not not to get too sentimental, but you you are on my three. And okay. I don't even I, I don't even know if I have the other two yet. But you're on the list. And I and I'll just kind of speak to it a little bit. We me and my who was my girlfriend at the time, my wife now, when we came to uh New Life Outreach for the first time, uh you were on the drums, you okay. know. Okay. And uh, maybe Reynaldo was leading. Okay. Something like that. Uh but you were on the drums and you know, I, I, I fiddled with the drums, so I always I think like a lot of people, you you know, I was drawn to the drums, you know, always just the sound and the beat. I love it, you know. Um, just like a lot of people do. So but I remember it was you that we heard the first few Sundays we went. And I remember like after like the third Sunday, uh after like the third Sunday, I remember we went to this Mexican place to go eat, me and Christy, and we were talking about like, do we like new life? And what do we like about new life? And like, just like how we're feeling about being at that church. And then we got into talking about the music. And I was just talking about you. And I remember specifically saying, it's like he can't play anything wrong. It's like, even when he does mess up, it's like, it still sounds great. And I think that was a lot of you were worshiping, you were ministering. And even if, and that's not to say it happened a lot, but the reason I said that was because even if things, and maybe in hindsight, they weren't even your misdoings, right? It could have been anybody up there. But even when things weren't going right, it still felt right. And it was just like, I felt like, I, like I said, it was like he can't do anything wrong. He can't play anything wrong. Even when he does, it feels good, you know? So that was just one of the things I remember saying specifically. I appreciate that, man. It's yeah. kind of like a backwards compliment. And unfortunately you hang around me enough you get some very but they're meaningful and i hope I you know that. that your check is in the mail i appreciate that <laughs> um i appreciate that i, I really do wow wow really oh okay try yeah. to remember try to remember all right it was in try the old church the old building and uh oh, that's awesome man it was just one of the, one of those things that i'll always remember that's super awesome so I mean, we could probably sit here and talk for hours, and I just realized that, and we probably shouldn't. Otherwise, nobody will ever finish <laughs> listening to this podcast. Yeah, cool, true, true, true. So let's just make a hard U-turn, and uh, or not a U-turn, but let's just hit the brakes and uh, kind of slow things down a little bit. So, you know, we've talked a lot about songwriting. We've talked a lot about personal experience. We've talked a lot about musicianship. We've talked a lot about goals of worship and all that stuff. I mean, this podcast today... You're going to have people from our church listening. And then you're going to have people from other churches listening. And then you're going to have my friends and maybe your friends and maybe their friends' friends and their friends' friends' friends via social media. Who knows how this will right. get to the next person that don't know God, don't don't have any understanding of the the depth of worship and maybe even... You know, and I, I don't want to put too many subtopics, but right. think it's corny or whatever. You know, what what are your words for those, you know, from from the blood of Christ, those who, who from the family, and those that are want to, you know, aren't there yet. You know, what 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 kind of words do you have for them? Um, so I would say, number one, that uh, Jesus Christ loves you to death mm. literally yeah right so one of my uh, favorite scriptures um, is in Romans chapter 5 verse 8 um, it's a verse I use all the time it's probably getting corny or played out not really and it says that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us mm. while I was doing what I wanted to do yeah. God was doing God did what he had to do to save me, to reconcile me, because he knew I would need a way out or need a way back to him. Yeah. I would tell anyone that no matter where you are, um, be it far from Jesus or close to Jesus, moving away from Jesus, that all you need to do is to turn around where you are and the father will meet you where you are and show you the same amount of love um he'd show anyone mm. um because uh 
you were created by him um, he loves you with a love you will never ever experience in your life um, he does not care where you've been he cares where you're going uh, he cares about your heart he cares about you being made whole um, he's not worried about you know, the things that have frustrated you or disappointed you right. he wants you to rely on him um, and and all it takes is a turnaround to turn to him um, to, to feel his love to know his forgiveness to know his grace to know his mercy um, because it's something that you will never, ever, ever, ever feel or know in your life. Amen. Well, Marcos, this was too much fun. Um, this is gonna have a part two, three, four. Let's get it. It's gonna be an ongoing series, man, because there's way too much content here and just too much good stuff. So, thank you so much for being on. Uh, our podcast and on uh, Reconciled Discussions podcast and um, God bless you man I, I hope that God continues to bless you in your ministry and continues to help you to to write that next song and be inspired and just like you said direct people towards the love of Christ amen awesome Matt thanks for having me this is awesome I pray that I'm on episode again yeah um, uh, this, this is super super awesome man thanks a lot no problem alright God bless and take care